This is a special night, um, as I'm sure all of you know. This is a, a night where we're going to, as a church, ordain Christy um, in her ministry and provide oversight and covering for her future and what God is going to do through her life. And I'm grateful that Mike is here as a pastor at Healing Place because I know their life and ministry will also have a tremendous oversight in, in their life. So it's wonderful we get to work together in this, brother. Um, but tonight, Christy's going to preach. Uh, God has put a, heart, a word in her heart, and we're looking forward to that. And I just want to confess to to those of you tonight that have known Christy for a long time, and and to be able to I've watched her kids grow up, and they're beautiful and wonderful young men and women, and and I thank the Lord for for all of them. But to watch Christy and Clay as they walked with the Lord and came into this church and and then went through some very challenging and difficult times of suffering in their life as Clay battled a, a brain tumor. Um, and God literally prolonged his life. But I never, I, I can't remember ever watching a man of God go to be with Jesus so well. So well. He had such incredible faith to know what God was doing with his life. He, even, he was even able to do a video and, and preach at his own funeral, which was so powerful and so anointed to be able to do that. And um, Christy walked right alongside of Clay with the same strength and the same faith. And I was praying with Christy this morning, and I was just thanking God for God's future. Because a lot of times we go into tragedy. I won't talk too long. I don't know where you're going tonight, so I, I won't talk too long, but... <laughs> no, you're preaching. Um, but I just, what I, what I would pray as you watch Christy and Johnny and as they get married and, and the, the plans of God over their life, those of you that went through sorrow or tragedy and um, you, put a, you put a stone over your tomb and you said that that's over and you've gone to live with the despair of loss, I would, I would pray that you would watch this, this couple and take the, the uh, stones away from the the tombs that you've covered, and let, let God have the last word. Because you would be surprised what God wants to do in the midst of tragedy. Tragedy with God is never the end. Never. And when, when that's what we make the end, we didn't let God have the last word. And it's never too late, beloved. It's never too late to roll that stone away and say to Jesus, even now, even now, whatever you say, it will be done. And, and you believe that. And so I was just saying that with Christy this morning. And, and it's just wonderful to watch the transformation of God in your life. But at a time that was pivotal, pivotal for us as a church, um, she started to minister here and serve here. And um, y'all are getting a treasure. And so, I mean, Christy came in at a time when I desperately needed exactly what God was putting into her life. And she helped us so much in this church, and she'll continue to help us. But she fought for us. She believed for us. She helped lead the way for us in, in so many aspects. And so I love you very much as a friend, as a minister, and being able to serve the Lord together has been rich, and, and I just can't thank God enough for you. And I'm just glad that we will be able to continue to have ministry together. But we want to invite you up. If y'all would welcome Christy. 
Turned it back off. There it goes. Okay. So John and I kind of have a little joke. First of all, his he goes by Johnny Green, but I call him John. So just to clear that up, I call him John, but he really goes by Johnny. Um, we have a joke about him carrying my Bible for me, which is um, funny that he car- literally carried it up for me. So thank you for doing that for me. Um, I want to just first say how much I love y'all. I'm overwhelmed, and I probably have never been this nervous to speak in public before. And it's really not a nervousness. It's more of just an overwhelming feeling of just love and support from this room filled with people who I love so much. And so thank you for coming. Thank you for those of you who drove a long way to get here, those of you who don't attend church here, but you're here tonight to celebrate with us, and those of you who have been literally my family at First New Testament Church for so long. I just want you to know how much I love you, and I appreciate you. I, I think often about the last six to seven years of my life and how different my life would have looked if I had not had a church of people who loved me and who stood with me. I, I honestly have visions of like remembering the things that I've been through over the last several years, and it's as if the people of this church Literally, have y'all ever seen a mosh pit at a, con- at a concert, you know, where they like pass the body over the top of the people? That's how I feel. Like y'all got me from A to B and it was on the hands of the people in this church. And so I could never stand here and not just acknowledge the great gift of God that Pastor Lee and Carla are to my life. I remember telling him after Lee, after Clay was diagnosed when we were first in the hospital and just, you know, I, I think that most of you know our, my testimony. Some of you are newer to the church and may not be as familiar, but Clay's diagnosis was very sudden. He was 40-something years old. I can't remember, 44 maybe. Um, and it was just sudden. He went from being perfectly healthy one day to having a brain tumor and them telling us he had three months to live the next day. So we just were in shock. And I remember being in the hospital when we were first there together. And as the Lord was like saying things to me and speaking things to me, I, I wish I had a week to stand up here and talk to you about the story after story after story of the things that God did. But one of the most precious things to me was that as we were facing this circumstance, I could literally hear Pastor Lee's voice in my ears. You know how you hear a sermon or you receive something from a pastor or a minister and like you can remember what they said, you remember the words. But he came to the house a few days later and I said, Pastor Lee, you don't understand. It's not just that I it's not just that I hear what you've told me. I hear your voice in my ear telling me over and over again because what God required of his life was a walk through a valley just before Clay and I walked through ours. And I literally feel like he just deposited these wells of life along the way. And as Clay and I started our journey, we just would come to the well and like, okay, this is what, Pastor Lee was here. He learned this. This is what he taught us. We can do this. Okay, next thing. Okay, Pastor Lee was here. This is what he learned. And y'all, it's been such a beautiful relationship to have that. And I encourage you, just There are three types of people in this room tonight. There are those of you who are being prepared for a trial in your life. 
There's a, those of you who are in a trial in your life. And there are those of you who have just come out of one of the greatest trials of your life. We live in a state, we live in a world that is broken. None of us escape trouble. None of us escape sorrow. And so wherever you are tonight, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you revelation of what I'm going to say. Because I would love to stand here all night and talk about every person in this room because I could absolutely do that. And just rejoice in the things that God has done. But I do feel like I have a word from the Lord that I want to share with you. So raise your hand if you want to be here for two hours. Wow. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So my mom and dad. (laughs) So seriously, I do need to recognize my family. My parents are here and have been here at First New Testament with me this whole time. We've been here for about 20 years, which is just crazy. Grace was six months old when we started coming. So my children are here, my sister, Summer, uh, Mike and Rachel, thank you for being here. I really love y'all. It's such a sweet story because we've been friends. I've known y'all longer than I've known Johnny. So it's a sweet thought that God has just brought things full circle in my life. And so I love y'all. Um, John's mom, Miss Janice, is here. I don't see her. There you are. Hey, Miss Janice. And Miss Sherry, which is Roxanne's mom, and Jonathan, her brother, all of our kids. So we, okay, I'm going to embarrass y'all so bad, but please stand up. Please, I need everybody to see how many of you there are. Do it. Stand up, all the kids. Okay, there's... The boys are never going to come again. So this is my last chance to speak in public and have John's boys hear me. They're never going to come again. I'm afraid I'm going to embarrass them. And then Clay's parents are here, Jim and Flo in the back. I love y'all so much. You're very special to me. Thank y'all for being here tonight. So... I love you all, and I'm just, I'm grateful for the gift of God, of the church of Jesus Christ, that we are the body of Christ. It's one of the greatest things that the Lord showed me during this time of my life is how I believe the reason he calls it the body is because sometimes as believers, we have faith, and, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, and we're spiritual people, and God is with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But sometimes you need a believer that's like Jesus in the flesh, you know? Sometimes you just need somebody to come hug you and just love you and just be with you in the moment. And y'all have been that for me as as a church body, and I want you to know how much I love you very much. But I do want us to turn in the scripture to Psalm 23. You have heard this message preached probably hundreds of times, and I do really not think that I'm going to say anything tonight that you don't already know, but I want to talk to you about perspective, and we're going to use Psalm 23 as our scripture. I want to say this before I go into this. Um, John, I want to tell you how much I love you, and I said this at this last retreat. At the end of the retreat, I was just thanking the ladies that were there, and these words just came out of my mouth, and I said, Only God could take a situation that no one would ever want to experience and make it into something that anyone would want to have. And y'all, that is the testimony of my life. People watched me go through what I walked through with Clay and watched the sorrow and the suffering and the grief. And I was amazed at how people were drawn. Even some of you that are here tonight, I genuinely, I told John this afternoon, I do not understand. I don't understand why God has put this in me, why he's given me this opportunity. I will never understand it. But God has taken something that you would watch and say, oh, I hope I never have to do that. 
And he has made it into something that people all around me now are like, oh, it's a fairy tale. It's like a fairy tale, everything about it. And y'all, it is. And it is. It is a great love story. And it is something so amazing that God has done. And so I celebrate it. I love you. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for carrying my Bible. (laughs) That's not very heavy, by the way, but he carries it for me anyway. I love you. I'm excited to see what God is going to do with our lives. Isn't it cool? It's just a cool story. I'm telling y'all. And if you don't know it, just follow me on Instagram and you'll get some more of it. Okay, so let's read Psalm 23. Y'all can actually quote it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The first thing I want to say to you is David refers to God in this passage of scripture as a shepherd. And it struck me when I was preparing this how David was a shepherd, right? And so, but also what else was David? A king. And I just was struck thinking, why didn't David say the Lord is my king? Because he was that too. And I thought so many times about how God trusted David enough to tell him as a teenage boy, I'm going to pour this oil of anointing over your head and you are going to be the king. But in the meantime, I just need you to go back to the field. I just need you to go back to the dark of night. I need you to go back there with the the lambs. I need you to go back and do the dirty job, the lowly job, the one thing that no one wants to do. David, that's what you're going to do. But he, get, he told him he was going to be the king. And what I love about this thought, y'all, is that God reveals his character to us in the hardest and most difficult times of our life. The Bible says that he gives peace that passes understanding. How do you really know that? When you're in a storm and you're in the middle of it and there's peace that passes understanding. And all of a sudden it's like this light bulb goes off and you're like, Oh, that's what that means. Peace that doesn't make sense. Peace that passes understanding. And all of a sudden, God's character becomes a reality to you because now it makes sense of who he is. David referred to the Lord. I think it's um, messing up the microphone, so I'm just going to take them off. Um, He referred to God as his shepherd. And I just think so much about how David learned the character of God when he was out there in those fields at night by himself with no one else around and how God taught David who he was and what he was going to do. And we're going to see that character revealed in this passage of scripture. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. It really just means the right path. Like, he leads me in my life where I'm supposed to go. But this is so important, this part, y'all. Is it for me? Is it for my glory, my credit, my comfort? What is it for? 
for his namesake. This is one of the most important lessons. And young people, this is so important for you to understand. If you can understand this early in your life, your life is to be lived for the glory of God before a watching world who is broken and dying and needs a savior. When Jesus saved you, he, think of how much he wants to be with us, how much he longs for the connection to us. He died on a cross to earn it back. Why wouldn't he just bring us to heaven to be with him then? Because he needs you to walk through this world, through the brokenness all around you, and be an example of the power of God to a watching world. He leads you in the right path for his name's sake. And y'all, if we can have that perspective, I really believe that a right perspective is like the first step to healing. It's the first step to a victorious life is understanding the perspective that I'm not here for myself. I'm not here to accomplish the things that are in my own heart to accomplish. I am here to be led by God through this world so that the watching world can see the glory of God for the sake of Jesus. And I would encourage you too, this is how I've learned to pray. God, heal Angie. Not for Angie, not for Paul. For you, for you, God, for the sake of your name, so that the world will see that our God is a healer, so that the world will see that you are a miracle worker. Don't go to God and ask him to do things that you want for yourself, for your own gain. But we go to him in his own name and we say, Jesus, for the sake of your name, would you do a miracle? God, for the sake of your name, would you restore my joy and restore the story that you've started? God, would you do it? Not for me, for you, for the sake of your name. Y'all, that perspective, I'm telling you right now, it will change your life. But it is not something that you can hear me say and you can just wake up every day and say, a right perspective is the first step to healing for the sake of your name. No, it's spiritual. This is a spiritual truth. But remember the verse we read this morning in Ephesians? He gives us the power, the knowledge to have knowledge. What does it say? Help me, somebody. Ephesians. I read it to y'all. Hold on. What does it say? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that he gives us the strength to comprehend with all the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. The Holy Spirit inside of you gives you the ability to know things that cannot be known because they're spiritual. It's a spiritual understanding. So what I'm saying to you tonight is not something you can talk yourself into or you can write it down enough times like a kid in school writing lines. You can't do that. It's spiritual. But you know who's here tonight? The Holy Spirit. And he's here to impart knowledge to you that cannot be known. Amen? I just pray that we would receive that. Okay, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I have always thought of these two segments of Psalm 23 like they take place in two different places. Do y'all? It's like he leads me by um, still waters and green pastures, and he leads me in paths of righteousness. In my mind, when I've always read that, David is like casually strolling through beautiful green pastures, and there's water everywhere, and the sun is shining, and the birds are chirping, and it's just beautiful, right? Are y'all with me? Am I the only one? Okay, help me. 
But then you get to this point that says, but wait, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, and what happens? Instantly, it becomes pitch black dark. I can't see my hand in front of my face. David's all alone, and he's scared, and he's kind of like this because he's in the valley of the shadow of death. And it's darkness, and there's fear, and the enemy is there. And in my mind, it's just pitch black dark. Are y'all with me? It's not just me? Okay. But what the Lord showed me is these two things take place in the same place. In the valley of the shadow of death, there are streams of life. And in the valley of the shadow of death, there are green pastures. And he leads us through that place. And y'all, it's a shadow. It's a shadow. So I want you to imagine yourself right now in the valley of the shadow. And I want you to imagine that you're down in the bottom and there's mountains all surrounding you. And there's a shadow that's being cast on this area where I'm standing, right? It's dark. But what is actually creating that shadow? What has to exist in order for the shadow to be there? Light. And so if I'm here in the valley and there's this huge mountain right here, what's just on the other side of the mountain? The light. And the light is God. The light is God. He does not leave you. He does not forsake you. And death has no power over us. The shadow has no power over us. It cannot take life from you. It cannot take your future from you. It cannot take your hope from you. And y'all, do you know what else is there? Just light. Like now suddenly when you imagine that valley of the shadow and you imagine like I just told you, the mountain, the sun on the other side of the mountain, what happens? I can see. I can see. It's not pitch black darkness. I can see because God is with me. He's never left me. And what does it say? It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want you to imagine this with me. You're in the valley. The mountain's there. The sun is on the other side. We're in the shadow. But we can see. But you turn a corner and all of a sudden what you see is the most beautiful banquet table you've ever seen. I imagine huge candle abras with beautiful fresh flowers. And I imagine charcuterie boards all down the middle. And they're gorgeous like the ones Thomas makes. And I imagine peach tea in my beautiful crystal glass that never runs out. And I imagine just beautiful food. Everything that I could want is at that table. But what do we do? So many of us, y'all, we're in the valley of the shadow and we're afraid, we're fearful, we have the wrong perspective, we're bitter, we're angry at God, we're spending all of our time over in the corner pout and saying, God, why are you letting this happen to me? What is happening, God? I don't understand. Where did you go? I can't see you. Why have you forsaken me? Isn't that what naturally comes up in us? I mean, just be honest, we're humans. And we think we deserve something from God when what we deserve is death. And what he's trying to give us is life, but we can't see it. And so we stay in the darkness and we stay away from the table. Shame keeps us away from the table. Doubt keeps us away from the table. And all the while, Jesus is just standing there. And he's like, 
I'm just here. I'm just waiting on you. And he is your host at this beautiful banquet table that has everything that you will ever need. And yet so often we won't go and we won't sit. But when we do, what happens? What does it say? When we come and we sit at that table with him, he anoints my head with oil. The anointing that we need to do everything that he has called us to do. Where do we find it? At the table. My cup overflows. The food never runs out. The candles never burn out. The light never goes away. The peach tea glass is never empty. Everything that I need is found at the table. And all I have to do is come. And some of you are hearing me say that and you're like, what in the world does that mean? Isn't God amazing? I love analogy. I love stories. I love that Jesus spoke to us in parables because y'all, we're just little people. We just have little brains and he knows that we cannot understand everything that we would need to understand. One of my favorite scriptures, I know there it is. It's the first time I've said it. How long have I been talking? Wow, first time, my favorite scripture. That's an inside joke. It's really not. Y'all all know it. Every scripture is my favorite scripture. That's just all there is to it. How many are there? You told me the other day. 31,552, something like that. And there's about 30,000 of them that are my favorite. <laughs> What's that talking about? Somebody help me. I truly lost it. Help me. Help me, Lord. Oh, that he speaks to us in analogies. Thank you, Mike and Johnny. <laughs> Good thing y'all came. <laughs> I'm so glad he speaks to us like this because it helps us understand. So what does it literally mean when I say, come to the table? Come and sit with Jesus. I want you to think about yourself like going on a date. So when Johnny decided to fall in love with me, <laughs> the first thing he said was, can I take you to dinner? Why? Because you want to sit at a table together and you want to eat together and you want to commune and you want to be face to face and you want to just have time to just talk. We went to building five and they literally closed the place down. We were like, okay, we'll leave. Isn't it so wonderful to have dinner with a friend or to be on a date and to be falling in love with someone and like we're going to sit together at this table and we're going to commune for the next three hours it's where personal conversations happen. It's where life is shared. It's where you open up and share the things that are in your heart and the things that you love. And you just talk about your life. You do that at the table. And y'all, Jesus is inviting you to do that with him. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He created everything that you see. He is the God of the universe. And he is saying to you tonight, I know you're in a valley. I know there's darkness. I know you don't understand. I know you're afraid. But would you just come here for a minute and just come sit down at this place that I have prepared for you where everything that you need is waiting for you? Don't you want to do that? I want to do that. I want to say, yes, Lord, I will sit with you. And y'all, it's so simple. What does the Bible say about the Bible, the word of God? What is the word? Jesus. He is the word. And if you need more of Jesus in your life, 
if you open up this word and you read it in the power of the Holy Spirit, God will impart spiritual things into your life that will literally save you. It will save you. There is life in these pages. And this book is Jesus. He is the word and the word is him. Make this a priority in your life. That is coming to the table. Coming to the table is opening up my Bible every day. Coming to the table is worshiping the Lord the first thing I get up in the morning. Coming to the table is prayer. Laying my burdens at his feet. Laying my worries at his feet. Worshiping just for who he is. God, I don't worship you for what you do for me. I worship you for who you are. If you have unanswered prayers, if there are things in your life that you're waiting on, if there are situations you do not understand, you don't worship God because of the way he answers you or what he does for you. We worship him because he is worthy, because he is God. For who he is, we praise him. That is how you come to the table. Worship him. Read the word. Pray. Spend time with believers. Make your life about your relationship with God. And just like that same verse in Ephesians, he will fill you with the fullness of God. Y'all, please just... That is amazing. That is an amazing thought. That there is a scripture that says he will fill you with the fullness of God. And you know what happens when you're full of the fullness of God? There's no room for the world. There's no room for doubt. There's no room for fear. There's no room for unbelief. There's no room for pain and sorrow. When your life is filled with the fullness of God and you can truly understand the love of God and you can know things that cannot be known and you can comprehend things that are not comprehensible because the Holy Spirit lives in you and he gives you life. Isn't that beautiful? It's so beautiful. Okay, I want to tell you all this. When I was thinking about this, it was the first time that I've ever really seen this. And I hope I don't say anything wrong. Will you stand up and correct me if I do? He said no. <laughs> that means he trusts me, y'all. I don't, I don't know if that's wise. I think this is really cool. The Lord showed me this. Like in this analogy, okay, so God is the son. Jesus is the host. He's at the table welcoming me to the host. And the Holy Spirit is the power that lives in me, that enables me even to come to the table and to sit and then to get up from the table with what I've learned and go out and do the things that God has called me to do. And I think it's really cool to think about the Trinity in that. Like the Trinity is something I don't understand, you don't understand. There's no preacher that can explain it to you. It's one of those things that we just have to say, I don't know, but God knows. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. I love those words. I don't know, God knows. That's one of those things. We're never going to fully understand it. But in this analogy, I just thought it was so cool to see how God is three people in one. And his character, like what I need from him at different times, he provides that to me. And in this moment, when I'm in the valley of the shadow, he is God, the preeminent being, the light that is even creating the atmosphere for me to be there. And Jesus is my friend. He's my redeemer, but he's my friend. He's my merciful and faithful high priest. And he is at the table with me in a different body, across from me, communing with me, talking to me, having relationship with me, that I can see him. And then the Holy Spirit is in me, giving me the ability to comprehend what I could never comprehend without his help. Isn't that amazing? I just think that is so amazing. God is amazing. Okay, he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Don't you want your cup to overflow? 
I just want my cup to overflow. But y'all, I want to tell you this. It's not the gifts of God. It's not the things that he gives us that make us happy or satisfy us in any way. It is only God. He is the only thing that can satisfy you. He could give you everything you want, everything you ask him for. Your life could turn out exactly like you think it should. And you will not be satisfied if you don't know him and have a relationship with him. His presence is the only thing that will satisfy you. And it is at this table in this valley of the shadow where we dine with him and we commune with him. And it is there that my cup overflows. It's not when I get married again. It's not when God brings a relationship. It's not when God gives me a baby. It's not when he answers our prayer. It's when we are at the table with him, in communion with him, that our cup overflows. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Okay. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. I was struck by the fact that y'all all quoted ESV with me a while ago. Nobody messed up. Nobody said any different words. I read the ESV. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This word right now is for somebody in this room, and I want you to really hear me. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. That does not mean that as I walk through life, these two little people back here, goodness and mercy, just follow me around. That's not what it means. The word follow in this scripture means pursue. Pursue. To chase. Wherever you are tonight, whatever you have done, no matter how far away from the Lord you have gone, no matter how many times you have yelled at him, griped at him, told him how mad at him you are, no matter how many times you have questioned him, no matter how many times you have turned your back on him, goodness and mercy are chasing you tonight. They are pursuing you tonight. The enemy wants us to believe, y'all, that our God is a God of rules, that he is just tripped out on his authority, that he's sitting up in heaven telling us things that we can and cannot do, that everything that he does is just cruel. That's what the enemy wants you to think. But God wants you to have this perspective. God wants you to understand that he's your shepherd. He's leading you through this life with a rod and a staff that comforts you. Think about like if I'm walking towards the end of this stage and I'm just going to walk off of it and fall. And God in his mercy, his staff comes and it just pushes me over this way so that I don't fall. How many times has God done that in your life? But instead of saying, oh, thank you, God, that comforts me. We say, stop it. Why are you doing this to me? Why don't you just leave me alone? I don't want to do it your way, God. Isn't that what we do to him? But his rod and his staff, they comfort us. I know that as I walk through this life, Wherever I go, as long as I am at the table, I'm communing with him, I'm walking with him. When I start to step out of line, that rod and that staff just push me back into place. And my loving and merciful and gracious father leads me with his rod and his staff. Isn't that a comfort? 
You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand everything that happens. Y'all, bad things happen in this life. And there are some things that we will never know until we stand before the Lord. Why did this happen? I don't know. But this is what I do know. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. And as he leads me through these valleys, as he leads me through trouble and persecution, he went before me. I love that song, The Son of Suffering, we sang it this morning. He went before me. He taught us how to suffer, y'all. And he told us not to think it's strange. He said, don't think it's strange. Why, why do y'all think that this is crazy, that you're going through a hard time? Your life is to be lived for the glory of God, for the sake of my name. Walk with me. Trust me. Let me help you. And he will. And doesn't he, doesn't he help us? When our response to devastation is different, the watching world will wonder why. I love that statement because, y'all, the world needs the church of Jesus Christ. The world needs us. They need us to walk through tragedy and suffering and brokenness in a way that they are not able to do it. So that they can see something in us that draws them to Jesus. And don't you want to be, don't you want to stand before the Lord one day and hear him say, I accomplished everything I needed to accomplish through your life. And y'all, it's up to him how he does that. He's our shepherd. All we do is walk and he just leads us where we go. I want to be a person who when I stand before Jesus, he really can say, I did everything I wanted to do. And the reality is that is not going to happen. We are imperfect people. We all make mistakes. But I think we can strive for that. I think we can strive for that, that we can set our heart and say, God, have your way perfectly through my life. And don't ever let me get in your way. And y'all, I want to tell you this too. Whenever the Lord used this passage immediately to just give me a revelation right after Clay got diagnosed that carried me through everything that we went through. But I remember, and I've said this many times, and y'all have heard me say it. I say, when I walked into the valley of the shadow of death, or I'll say things like, um, when Clay got diagnosed, it was like we were in the valley of the shadow of death together. You know, we, we suddenly found ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. And what God has shown me and taught me is that we are all in the valley of the shadow of death. Always. We are dying And why would we cling to this life? Why would we want this life? Second Corinthians, Paul refers to this life as a tent, a temporary dwelling place that doesn't offer us what we want. Do y'all like to tent camp? If you do, you are not my friend. (laughs) We went tent camping one time and spent a lot of money to do it, by the way, because we thought, oh, we'll do this all the time with the kids. Um, How many times did we go tent camping? Uno. <laughs> so we have a tent for sale if anybody is interested. I do not like tent camping. Did, have I told you that yet? Is that in our vow that you'll never ask me to tent camp? We have time to put them in there, Pastor Lee. We have six days to get them in there. I don't want to live in a tent. I want to live in a house that is not made with hands. And that's what that verse says. In this tent, we groan. 
because we're, we're longing to put on righteousness. And we're going to do that when we see him. When we make it to heaven and we stand before him face to face. We have the hope of glory living inside of us, y'all. Heaven waits for us. If we can make it through this valley of the shadow of death. Yes, there's times in it where we rest and lay by the water. And there's times in it where we struggle. But there's always a table. There's always an anointing. There's always a cup that overflows. There's always the provision of everything that you need in order to do what God has called you to do. Isn't that a beautiful hope? It's such a beautiful hope. And if you can understand this, and if you can live your life with this perspective, God, I am walking through this valley of the shadow of death. I see your sun shining. I see things all around me. My enemy has no power. I love the part where it says that he invites us to the table in the presence of our enemy. Because you know what your enemy is doing when you're sitting at that table? Freaking out. He planned this perfect storm to come and destroy your life. And he said, ooh, I finally got the thing that's going to take her out. I finally got the thing that's going to destroy this faith. And then you step into that valley and you see that table and you sit down there with Jesus and your cup starts to overflow and that oil gets on your head and that anointing and the enemy stands there and he watches you and he's mad and he's frustrated and he's angry because you are saying yes to God because you are choosing not to be bitter And you are choosing not to turn away from the Lord in your sorrow, but you are choosing to run to him. And your enemy is frustrated. But y'all, he has no power. He has no authority. He cannot hurt you. And you can sit in the presence of God and you can watch him walk around and be mad and throw a tantrum and you can just laugh. You can just laugh and just say, Satan, I remember one day, I'm not going to tell stories. I'm closing. But I remember one day something happened and we got this horrible news. I was like walking 100 miles an hour in this direction. I thought we had everything figured out for something with Clay's treatment. And then all of a sudden, just bam, the insurance didn't approve it. And I'm just standing in my bathroom like, I don't even know what my name is right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I just started praying. And y'all, I could literally feel the presence of the enemy. I could feel him just taunting me. You're not going to make it. He's going to die sooner than you thought he was going to die. You're not going to get the treatment. You've been saying God was going to do all the right things, but look at this. He dropped you. He forgot you. He forsook you. He's not here. Where is he? Why hasn't he solved your problem for you? I could hear him audibly. And I've never done this before. But I was standing in my coffee pot and I, I was literally like, fear had me paralyzed for just a minute. And I opened my eyes and I said, Satan, you are an idiot. Don't you know that I'm not going to give in to you? I am not going to give in to you. Get out of here. And I know my God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And y'all, there's so much joy in that. There's just so much joy in that. No, it did not happen like I thought it was going to happen. Something completely different happened. 
But God was in control. And then I could look back and say, like, okay, my steps were ordered. His rod and his staff were just leading me through to go to this place instead of this place that I thought he was leading me to. But y'all, just the peace of God, to just live in that place of your cup overflowing with this anointing of God on your life, to just say, God, I will trust you. I will believe you. I will let your rod and your staff comfort me. I will not fight you. I will go with you. I will agree with you. I will let you do whatever it is that you want to do. I will let go of my dreams. I will let go of my plans. I will let go of everything I thought my life would look like. And I will trust you that you will lead me in the right path for my life. And then suddenly time goes by and it's just like, God really is the God that does so much more than I could ask or think. I could never in a million years have dreamed up the story that God has written with my life. Never. If God would have given me this pen, y'all would be bored to tears. I'm just telling you, we don't think big enough for God. We don't imagine big enough for God. We don't dream big enough for our God. He does so much more than we can ask or think. Don't you want to trust him like that? Don't you want to have that kind of faith? Y'all, it is supernatural. Will y'all stand with me? Just stand with me. And I want us to really pray. And just believe God tonight. I really do believe that there are people here who have desperately needed to hear this. And let me tell you something. Just because you have unbelief doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Think about the man that said that to Jesus. I believe you, but help my unbelief. Y'all, we're just human. And God knows our frame. He, He made us from the dust. He knew that we could never live this life that he's called us to live unless he literally put himself inside of us. Which is what he did, thank God. But I believe there's people here who have really needed to hear this encouraging word. God has not left you and he has not forsaken you. And he can take your brokenness and your life that maybe right now isn't what you thought it would be. And he can make it into something so much more beautiful than you could ever have dreamed. He can give you the power to comprehend his love. He can give you the ability to know things that should not be known. Don't you want that kind of relationship with him? Where he reveals secrets to you and he teaches you. Where the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches you. That you don't need me to interpret the scripture for you or Pastor Lee. But that he can give you the knowledge that you need. And y'all listen to me. It's so important that you leave understanding this. God can completely set your perspective right tonight for you to understand and know that you are not living this life for you that God has not left you he has not abandoned you he is not mean to you he is not a God that just stands over you and requires a bunch of rules and certain things for you to do he is a merciful and a faithful high priest and he is your shepherd he loves you he leads you with his voice He leads you with his eye. His rod and his staff bring comfort to you as you walk through this life. And he helps you by keeping you out of danger and by keeping you on the right path. 
I just want us to pray and just open up our hearts to the Lord and just agree with him. And maybe you are listening to me tonight and you're like, wow, that sounds really good, but I don't really feel like I need that. Yes, you do. Because you have no idea what waits for you when you leave out of these doors tonight. You have no idea what your life is going to look like when you wake up tomorrow morning. You need this spiritual truth and it will save you. It will save you. Can we just pray? Father, we just we just agree with you, God. We agree with your word. We agree with this truth, God. We agree with this analogy and the imagery that you showed us tonight, God. That you are with us in this valley. That there's nothing here in this shadow that can harm us or hurt us or take anything away from us. And God, we believe that you are faithful. We believe that you are true. And we ask you, God, to help us to understand things that cannot be understood. To know things that cannot be known. But in the Spirit, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, give us spiritual revelation tonight that we would leave this place completely different. Father, I pray for the broken that are here, that have come in here tonight wounded or questioning you or hurting. And I pray, God, that you would just lift up off of them every sorrow and that you would reveal yourself in a great way. Help us, God, to understand, to understand your heart for us and your character and your nature and the way that you want to help us, God. We just give ourselves to you, God. We give ourselves. We just surrender our hearts to you. Church, I just encourage you to say that to him. Just lift up your hands where you are and just say, God, I surrender myself to your plans and your purposes the paths of righteousness that you want me to walk on. I give myself to you, God.